the screws loose, then I stripped the bolts on them. Should've never sent them to pick up the work for them. Spray the park and had my shit inside the car. Marcus Smart Boy was shooting with a 36 on him. Said if he wasn't in the rush. Hello, Chudling. Welcome back to another episode of Chuddy's Corner. It's about 9.45 Eastern Standard Time, uh, November 11th. I'm your host, Doug Outs, here with you for another episode. As always, Chuddy, King Chuddy. Uh, how you doing tonight, Chuddy? Doing well. Another wonderful night of basketball. Recording nice and early. What a, what a short NBA game. So, I think we're in great spirits. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Again, you can follow Chuddy at, on Twitter, at King Chuddy. You can find me on Twitter, at Doug underscore Outs. Follow the show's podcast, at Chuddy's Corner. And as always, special thanks to our sponsor, NickPerino.com. Nick Perino, all your real estate needs. You can find everything you need for real estate as well as everything you need for Chuddy's Corner at NickPerino.com. So let's get into it tonight. Celtics with a 117-94 victory. I feel like that score doesn't even really tell, uh, doesn't really tell the story. It feels closer. It's one of those numbers that just kind of looks closer. It is a, still a pretty big win, but... Um, so, yeah, Celtics on a second night of a back-to-back handle things. Uh, we saw Al was back in the, the coming off the bench. And just overall, pretty good game for the Celtics. Uh, Chuddy, I'll let you take away. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think I used the term business-like to describe last night's win and really kind of got to go back to that well more of the same. It was just another business-like win. Um, no signs of letdown or rust on the back-to-back. Um, if anything, almost looked even better, perhaps. I guess it's easy when you get a lot of rest in these blowouts. But uh, came out a tiny bit slow. Got down 12-6 to 6 early. Seemed just like a little rocky, not not too smooth. Joke all the time out. And honestly, from then on, it was just like a different game. Immediately changed changed the tempo. By the end of the first quarter, they had a big lead. That, uh, not a big lead. They were up 30-26. They won all four quarters. Really pulled away in that third quarter, something we'd actually talked about last night to keep an eye on how they do in those third quarters. They've been struggling, yeah. but they came out of the locker room and uh, put this thing away immediately. And almost the entire second half was was kind of a laugher. So really good win start to finish. It was uh, kind of the Tatum show in the first quarter, in the first quarter. And then the second quarter, Tatum really came on and he was absolutely doing it all on both ends. He was They were double teaming him. He was making beautiful passes for wide open threes. He set up Hauser for a couple easy ones to get him going. And then it seemed like when they were switching and even not really, Tatum was just blowing by whoever he wanted at will. Um, honestly, it, it really wasn't a great overall shooting night for the Celtics. They ended up, I think, like uh, 36% from three and made 16. But if they had a really good shooting night, they could have absolutely smoked these guys because uh, the Raptors could not get anything going on offense against the Celtics pretty much the entire game. And the Celtics were getting anything they wanted. They ended up with 60 points in the paint. And I, I tried to do the math real quick in my head. At, at the halftime, they were 16 of 19 on twos. Uh, and again, just missing a ton of threes. And then yeah. they finished the game, I think, 32 of 42 from two. Almost every single one of those baskets was inside the paint. It felt like an old school kind of Mori Ball Rockets team. Like the Celtics only attempted threes or basically layups the entire game, which is a pretty good method. And again, if the threes were falling and they had a much better night, they could have they could have won this and it could have been another 40 some odd point win. So again, not like their best effort, but just very business like demolition of a team that's good, but clearly nowhere near the Celtics level. Yeah, uh, you brought up the points in the paint. They had 60 points in the paint, so uh, more than half their points tonight was in the paint. 15 for 44 from three-pointer, uh, and 47 of 86, so they shot 55% uh, 
just generally from the field. So again, most of those, like you said, happening in the paint, uh, they were getting down there and really making things happen. I think, especially in the third quarter, uh, the Jalen and uh, Porzingis show kind of took over and those guys each had uh, a really good third quarter. And like you said, that was something that we talked about. Uh, Jalen had 14 points in the fourth. I think Porzingis had 12 points in the fourth. Um, So that was uh, the third. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, So 12 points in, uh, in the third. And that was, you know, they had, uh, that was more than half the points they scored in that, or or close to half the points they scored. So um, just really good to see. Uh, like you said, we talked about the fourth quarter. I think the intern pointed out too that we we hadn't necessarily played that well. Thank you to the intern uh, mm, at Chuddy Fact Check. Good 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 job of the intern pulling out that stat. Um, but yeah, I think I kind of agree with most of the stuff you said there. Um, I had uh, the take kind of went stale by the end of the game. I was pointing out that I, I did see. Jalen's still taking the ball up again a little bit more. Something we talked about. And at first, uh, there was a couple of possessions that looked a little shaky, but then once he got it going, it kind of like that whole take just kind of uh, evaporated <laughs> in the into the in the sky. But yeah. um yeah, a couple of things. I thought early on, uh Porzingis was sort of struggling against that uh I'm gonna mispronounce his name. Puddle Puddle. 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 Yeah, How is there an R in that guy's name? It's P O E T L. P O E L T L. Hello. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, so I knew he was going to put his name, but it seemed like for a little bit early on, we were, uh, Porzingis was sort of struggling against that guy. Um, I don't really know if he's that kind of player or not, but... Um, Hurdle's good, yeah. Yeah, but eventually, it, it, uh, Porzingis was able to figure it out, uh, finished the night with 21.7 rebounds. Uh, he had the ice on the knee pretty early there. Uh, <laughs> you assured me that, that, that that's pretty, pretty <laughs> standard for him, not something to be too worried about, um, but in case anyone else saw that. Um, yeah. yeah, I think more encouraging that Porzingis was available to play on the second night of a back-to-back. That was something going into the season. I think everyone was kind of wondering if they were just going to give him the Horford treatment and he just wasn't even going to play back-to-back. So first back-to-back of the year, him playing, even I think he only logged, what, like 27 minutes, which is low. But again, I think if we could have played him more if we needed him, that's the luxury. And yeah, after kind of a slow start, he really got it going at uh, a few different points. He had some nice alley-oops, uh, made a couple really nice passes out there, grabbed a few more rebounds than he has been. So thought he had a really good game all all around and like you said really really came on in that third quarter when we really opened up the lead do those five second uh violation technicals do those count towards <laughs> his subtotal luckily no the defensive three seconds is i think a, considered a team technical so okay dodge you... <laughs> i just as soon as i saw it i was like jesus christ this but, guy but again yes, if there's the... a way to get signaled for a technical he's he's got he's finding it this year. yeah <laughs> i i think we can even we should even this might be a good time for us to step back and go to um our, once again, the Chuddy Fact Check intern giving us the uh, breakdown. We were sort of had a little confusion about how that technical foul rule works. So you get 16 technical fouls, gives you a one-game suspension. Then every two technicals after that um, would be another one-game suspension. So okay, um, so 18. So if 18 would be another suspension, 20 would be another yeah. suspension, etc. Um, as of last <laughs> night, he had his six technicals in eight wow. games. This is a great stat. Again, at Chuddy Fact Check, uh, our intern is doing great work for us. Uh, he's currently on pace for 61 technicals, which will result in a 23 games missed due to suspension. So let's hope that, wow. let's hope that that door in pace does come to a close. Um, but, uh, but again, just something to think about. Uh, yeah. so yeah, I, I, I think that, that that's pretty steep. I think after 16 gives you one, then it becomes two. That's a pretty steep, uh, I, don't I, know. I mean, I guess I, I gotta go. 
we got to get the intern again. I know he's been working hard, but maybe send him back and see if he can find out some uh, some previous records and see if Porzingis can get on some uncharted territory. Because I know that's <laughs> probably a more recent rule, but back in the days, there, I, I, Ron Artest, I think, was putting up like almost 40 in one season. He had like epic, <laughs> epic uh, technical numbers. I don't know if we're in those yeah. territory, but yeah. I it's, mean, has Porzingis, has he always been like a T-machine? This is, not like, is he just playing with a little like edge? This. I don't know. Like we said, a lot of it's not even it's not even like edgy stuff. It's like that's hanging true. on the rim, tossing the balls to the hoop. So yeah, I was flopping. thinking about that. I was thinking about uh, about that too when you were talking about um, like it might just be the refs sort of trying to make a statement early. I feel like those are just like the dumbest things. Like as far as like from the fan perspective, like I would rather see them cut down hard on people just like openly bitching about fouls and calling tees for that and getting that out of the game. Right. Um, then a guy just like swinging on the hoop. I mean, I think that shit looks cool. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah. But some guy just after every play, which again, sometimes that's us. So we might pun- get punished by that, but um, you'd at least be able to understand it a little more. Like, yeah, why that, they're calling you're at it. least, yeah. You're at least then kind of removing at least something stupid out of the game. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, yeah so, fair. so Porzingis, yeah, like you said, he did end up having a pretty good night. Um, Jalen had another really good night. Uh, I think this is two, two back-to-back really good games for Jalen, uh, especially after uh, his rough showing um, previously. But is there any other uh, important stuff? I got a few other stats I want to get into, but I want to give you a chance to go over anything else you want to talk about. Yeah, I just thought, again, I mean, we're really seeing every time they're out there, the starting lineup, these guys are just getting more and more comfortable playing together. And, you know, you said Jalen was initiating some offense early, but it seems like when the team gets going like they were, all the roles kind of fall into place. And it was Jalen was was slashing. He was getting the ball in transition where he kind of can just do his stuff, catch and shoot, open floor opportunities. Um, You know, Tatum was, like I said, was running the show a lot and just making great read after great read. Uh, Porzingis, again, rolling, getting towards the hoop, pick and pop. I saw him even do a fake dribble handoff into a jump shot, which he missed, but was a good attempt. I think it was one of our two shots that weren't from three or in the paint the entire night. Um, I think the Raptors are a pretty good team and fun to watch. And I think part of their problem is like, they, they're similar to us in a lot of ways and just not as good. Like they've got the two wing players and I think Scotty Barnes will be a really good player. He's having a good year. He struggled tonight. Um, we were throwing a lot of stuff at him and he was just off shooting. It happens. OG and Anobi, I was like, where is this guy? He, um, you know, I got to watch how this season unfolds more, but if Barnes is going to step up, they've obviously got Siakam in there. I just, I don't know if there's a, there's an Anobi trade in there or something, but they've held on to him for so long and not been willing to part with him. And now it seems like I, I just don't know if he has a big enough role on this team, obviously a free agent at the end of the year. I thought Siakam and Pirtle kind of kept them in it, as you mentioned in the first half. But I mean, they are like, totally different than the, than what we saw from the Nets, where the Nets are playing yeah. five out, the Raptors. It's like, if they're just trying to bludgeon you inside. And the Celtics knew it. You could tell uh, we were just trying to take away all the driving lanes, really packing the paint. We were comfortable and going under every screen. Like, we were just daring them to shoot. And, you know, like I said, they didn't have their best night, and they were missing Gary Trent, who's a good shooter. But we were just not scared of them shooting threes at all, and they were not making us pay at all. So I think they were just having to work so hard. And, you know, like I said, Siakam and Pirtle were doing okay in that first quarter and the first half, but and you just can't keep that up. Eventually, you need shots to fall. We started hitting more shots. And then kind of a weird move, I thought, right out of the gates in the second half, we, we scored a few. But at that point, I mean, they had still been hanging around. I don't think we had led by much more than like 12 or 14. They took out Pirtle and put in Otto Porter and went super small with Siakam kind of playing center. And that almost just was like a suicide mission. Was for that them. the start of the third? 
It was, I think it was like four minutes into the third. They called timeout. I think we had pushed it up to like 14 again. They called that timeout and then they just had no center in there. And that was when I think like Porzingis had two alley-oops in a row. Jalen took it in for a dunk. Porzingis is feasting on this small ball lineup in my third third quarter. And everyone else was too. They had no, I mean, they had no rim protection. So if it wasn't Porzingis, then he was going outside and you're seeing Tatum and Brown both getting to the rim at will. Uh, Drew had that beautiful little spin move where he went all the way in for a dunk. Um, it, It honestly turned into like, a highlight reel. I, I wrote in the notes like so many highlight type plays, which is that third cool quarter to was see, something. I mean, how many Jalen and Fausto finished with like six dunks? Porzingis <laughs> had at least two or three. Like I said, Holiday had the one. So um, it just again, it seemed like it was super easy. So I'm not really sure why Toronto did that. If they just thought like they were never going to catch us chipping away and kind of trying to keep pace, so they wanted to try to change things, but that move completely backfired and by the time they put a center back in there i think it was already up to like a 20 point lead and that was pretty much game yeah i i I agree i think once the floodgates opened in the third quarter like you were saying they were kind of keeping it somewhat close it was 55 46 at the half i had a bunch of kind of like complaints again in the first half not i guess not complaints just sort of things i was seeing that (laughs) sort of make me a little nervous and then after that third quarter it's kind of like they all just went away and i think once they got that huge lead on toronto uh, they just sort of knew there was no way for them right. to be able to come back against us the way that and we um, the way that we were playing and the way that their shots just weren't falling. Right. Um, so it, you know they they played it they to their credit they played still played pretty tough even to a little bit into the fourth quarter the starters were in maybe a little bit longer than some people feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know the exact – I don't necessarily love that, but I do get that in the modern NBA, like a 20-point lead with nine minutes left in the fourth is not what it used to be in the NBA. <laughs> that, that can evaporate quickly. Again, yeah. they're not that great of a three-point shooting team, so maybe not with this team particularly, but I understand a little bit of the caution. Um, I was definitely getting nervous. I At one point I had said, all right, time to take Jalen out of the game, and then J- – uh, No, time to take Tatum out of the game, and then Jalen came back in the game, and I'm like, hold on a second. This isn't – that's the opposite of what I was thinking that they need to be doing. But thankfully, yeah. they got through it without without any issues or anything like that. But um, yeah, that I think uh, you know, it, it was just a, it was just a good win for the for the team. They like you said, it was a highlight reel, looking a little bit like the Harlem Globetrotters there in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, I was surprised that Jalen didn't get called for. I thought he was going to get a T for hanging on the rim. His his dunk. <laughs> no, I mean that, it's funny. I, you usually don't. I don't see... think he should. I just thought that. right. No, but in the NBA, like you really don't see a lot of T's for hanging on the rim unless it's super egregious, which is why that Porzingis one was just even more confounding. Like, I think that was just a one-off from a ref who, I don't know, like baffling, just but I, I really don't think we'll see any of that bad, hopefully for the rest of the year. Uh, that's usually not a point of emphasis, but yeah. One again, uh, not really sure. Speaking of points of emphasis, I feel like I saw more travel calls in this game than I've seen in any NBA uh, yeah. game in my life. I had that in my notes too, just a ton of travels. And I mean, I think part of it is again, the Raptors, like without Fred Van Vliet, they have Schroeder, but they're, creators are probably a little overtasked i mean for celtics fans who don't love when jalen brown is trying to initiate like pascal siakam dribbling is and i know he's more of like a power forward but he initiates a lot and his dribble is just not very smooth he lost it a few times he had a couple different travels i mean barnes is still young and kind of learning that role and you know Schroeder didn't play much there they they threw in the towel like you said our guys played a lot none of the raptors guys really played a ton i think they saw the writing on the wall with where this game was going and after the third quarter burst they never even really tried to come back and make a run um yeah i think to speak to the concern you mentioned in the first half i wouldn't say so much concern again seems like a little overblown seems crazy now right but uh again it was more of like tatum going to the bench and even we had four starters i think in hauser in the game and we're still you know letting them back and it's just crazy the the tatum on-off splits have been wild to see forever 
But it's wild that they're still kind of this wild when the ref... Like, there's no reason for that to be the case when the other players in there are so good. And when we're doing it in a way that it's basically all of our best players when Tatum sits are on the floor and then Tatum comes in and is playing with, you know, theoretically the lesser players. It's always like Pritchard, Hauser, uh, Al, Tatum, and one starter. And he just is always able to absolutely carry those lineups. Um, And again, I think he almost takes it as like a point of pride because then it's like his show... He was running it, and that's when we kind of pulled away a little in that second quarter. Like I said, he made a few beautiful passes to Hauser, who remains to be just absolutely on fire. Uh, Pritchard added another ridiculous amount of offensive rebounds. And it was only those two and Al, who were the only three guys who played off the bench until the fourth quarter. Uh, We started the quarter, we brought in Cornette, and at that point, you know, we were up 20-plus. But it was just interesting to see on the second night of a back-to-back and after... Cornette played so well last night. He's still, you know, the rotation at this point is really just Al, Hauser, and Pritchard, and everything else seems like it's on a on a night-to-night basis. Uh, again, it was fine tonight. All those guys played well. Hauser didn't even go back in when they put, like, the club. I think you know, he out earned that. No, he did, I'm saying, but it's, it's, like, cool to see kind of that they're just like, yeah, you, you rest too. You earned it. Uh, I mean, he was a big party. He had a few nice defensive plays yet again, so liked what I saw there. But, I mean, Tatum, again, I know uh, – Plus minus is more of a team stat, but still, when you see Tatum's plus minus tonight, plus forty two is just forty two, like, just a hilarious number. Yeah, um, and he's it, it like showed, way like, ahead just, in the NBA too, as far as plus minus. Yeah. He's like fifty points ahead of the next, uh, the number two for the yeah, plus minus. Which obviously, is good, but we got to get those non Tatum units to be at least even, if not, um, you know, I think we we still are putting out five man lineups without Tatum that should be better than most of the teams we're going against. So that's yeah. you know. Something where we're going to have to improve. And again, I think as the year goes on and all of these guys get more used to each other, uh, I mean, Derek was pretty quiet tonight. But again, we keep mentioning someone's always going to be quiet no matter how good yeah. he is. Yeah, he, he, he was really good defensively. He, yeah. he can just so quickly catch up to a guy who's gotten like a little bit past him, like especially yeah. like coming up the court. Um, he's He yeah. just kind of impresses me in that sense, the way that he can get himself in front of a guy. Um, like if he's sort of pressing and they, and they pass it up and he can run and get to the guy who's on the ball. So. Yeah, not a great no, like stat night for him, but I definitely feel like uh, right. watching the game, you felt his presence. That's that's what I meant when I said not a big night. Just like st- like, and that's what I mean. They can all play well, but stat wise, more likely than not, there's going to be at least one or two guys in that starting lineup that are you know under their typical stats. It doesn't mean they didn't play well and have an <clears> impact. I think he's still you know he had five assists. Like you said, he was a menace on defense as he always is. The whole team. I mean, the way they played defense since that first quarter, like the last seven quarters, the defense has just been outstanding. I think they gave up twenty six in the first quarter. Order and then fewer than that and all the rest um 94 points i mean to hold an nba team to 94 points in a game like that is just impressive really no matter what and it kind of showed i mean again like they didn't shoot well but the Celtics were just absolutely suffocating and drew drew is just i think he guarded every single guy on the other team like yeah i he's like he, he's awesome guards, centers power forwards elite wings like he's on barnes and all those guys and it just doesn't matter like nobody's doing anything against him um Jalen also, I mean, really, really good defense. He was on Scotty a ton and was making, really making him work for it. So again, I came in, I wouldn't say worried, but with all the things back to back, you know, Raptors young, feisty, a lot of guys, decent size. And it was, uh, was not a game for very long. So impressive to see. Also really nice to see just no, uh, at least so far, no, no letdown, which again, we've always talked about has been a problem, but like you can see why this might be a hard game to get up for on a Saturday night, back to back. It's like Toronto, what the hell, who cares, but just absolutely took care of business. And I hope that's a, a trend that we're going to see all year. Yeah. I have uh, I have one more just stat thing. And then unless you have anything else, you just have a couple other kind of like funny uh, announcer based uh, 
okay. comments, but the first one just uh, just to quickly give Hauser a little bit more credit too. So he obviously had a great game today. He was four for six shooting, twelve points. But so he started the season three for fifteen from three. He's now twenty for thirty five, and he's up to forty six percent of the year. So quickly yeah. doing math, I, that's seventeen of his last twenty have gone in from three point land. So right, three to three for uh, fifteen to start the year. Now he's twenty to, for thirty five. I think he's 20 for 35 since then. I don't think that's uh, his okay. total. Because I think he's up to 46% on the season. That would okay. be just an absolutely outrageous run. Still <laughs> impressive, but that would be like otherworldly. Um, it felt weird saying it, but <laughs> not I copied that. that from a tweet. So No, but he's been doing really that. well. And I think that last one he hit tonight where they were like laughing on the broadcast. It was like it wasn't even in his hands. Was, he caught it and just like. He didn't even tips. bring it down. It was the, I think no. Scal said it was like uh, soccer, like, a, like yeah. throw-in pass. And it was just buckets. Like his shots, just when that when that shot's going in, such a lollipop and looks so good. And again, the way he's playing, if he can make it work with those guys, it seems like him and Tatum have a great connection. Like the Tatum two-man game, he brings over his man. And it was like, if they didn't double Tatum, he was just going right in for an easy layup. And if they sent two at him, he was finding Hauser for a wide-open three. So... Yeah, being able to do things like that with uh, you know, bench players in there is is absolutely huge, and obviously most of it is because Tatum is so amazing. But uh, it's like if Hauser really all he has to do is play hard and make shots, and he will have a role on this team. All right, um, just two little announcer notes. <laughs> the first one, and I don't know, maybe I'm just a, an idiot, but do you think Gorman knows what he sounds like when he says that someone got swallowed up by the D? <laughs> No. Okay. I don't. <laughs> I, I heard that and I heard that in um just sort of I just <laughs> I looked over and was like, did you hear it? It's it haunted me hearing him say it, it still does. But <laughs> I get what he's I get what he's saying, and I don't know, maybe I'm the sicko, but that that just was like just a funny thing and I, I don't know. Uh and my other my other point is Scalabrini is so obsessed with pointing out two for one situations in games. It's just like I think he thinks it's like the like this, like a now, like this great, like analysis, to be able to pick up on the fact that we have the ball with like forty seconds left before the end Crap. of the quarter. And I, and yeah, he is a fan of talking about that. I uh, one thing I will every say every time. Like, yeah, no, and I, I when there's forty seconds left, it's good. And they, I thought the Celtics did a really good job with it tonight. I think Tatum had a buzzer beating, almost buzzer beating layup yeah. off a two for one in the like first and second yeah. quarter. So. uh it's good. I just, you know me, I hate when like the first of the two of the one for two is really just like a forced three right away with like 30 seconds left. And then you get it back yeah. in, like four seconds and you end up getting basically two shitty possessions instead of just one good one. But when there's that yeah. much time left, um, obviously, I feel like fruitful. Scowl pointed out if there's even a millisecond above 24 seconds, he'll point out that they have a two for one guy. It's like his like key analysis every game. Yeah. Um, I also think that's. Uh, <laughs> And I know, I know that you're coming around on Scal. I don't dislike Scal. I do feel like there's a lot of times when, I don't know, he just, like, he he almost tries to be a little too, like, contrarian with, like, uh, calls against us or calls for us, something like that. He's always, uh, there was one play where it was the one that they reviewed uh, or whose hand went off. I think it was maybe O'Shea Brissett that was in or mm-hmm. it was someone. And he's it was Brissett. Like, it touched his hand. It's like, it definitely didn't touch his hand. Right. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, 
I don't know. Yeah. No, I, a mongoloid I think, sometimes. Well, with that. I think that's probably part of it where he knows that he's the guy after Tommy and Tommy's thing was just like being insanely <laughs> biased for the Celtics. So maybe he's just trying to be like, I'm not Tommy. Like I can sometimes say, but I was also going to bring up that same play just because what a sicko move by Joe. Oh, Challenging I know. Challenging an out of bounds play up like 27 <laughs> with three minutes left. Like absolutely he is a psycho. Joe. Uh, so he is he, a psycho. Love that move. He won the challenge. So good for him. I know, yeah, you can't really really blame when you win the title. I, I told you I took a few pictures of him when he was giving the uh giving the eyes to uh Washburn. That's a great great shot. That's a that's gonna get some use on the Chuddy's corner. Yeah, that's a new meme. <laughs> yeah. I just don't I just would not want this guy like one of them's kinda like more clothes than the other one. If oh, you're listening and not watching the podcast, that was some terrible radio yeah. for you. We'll have um, the intern post. But all the more reason to check out the YouTube page or <laughs> listen to us on Spotify with all it's all video availability. But if you don't, then that's all right. I'm sorry for the poor radio for a minute there. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's just kind of a couple of other notes. I did want to um, I had a couple of things I wanted to touch back on about the last game. I don't know if you have any final thoughts on this game. I think that we pretty much covered it all when it's a blowout like this. There's not a whole lot to get into. But do you have anything else that you want to get into or? No, that was really it for the game. I mean, like I said, it's anything you point out negative really feels like nitpicking. I thought you could yeah. say said plenty of good things about almost everyone, top to bottom, coaches, players, how they played, the effort, the execution all around. So great win. Uh did you catch uh some of the Pritchard Dennis Smith Jr. stuff at the end of the game uh against the Nets? I did not. There was like some jawing by them at the end of the game. Okay. I like that. Um it's what kind of worth checking out. It it, it almost looked like they were like like saying like like it looked like at one point Pritchard was saying like I'm right here and then like was pointing like towards like the locker room. Um, okay, I'm not a lip reader, but at one point and I don't know if this is out of character for me. It sounded it looked maybe like he said I'll beat the shit out of you. Pritchard said that. Yeah, Pritchard's. A, I mean, he's a hardo. <laughs> like he is. Yeah, that's, that's definitely his style. I mean, he, he but this was like in the very the final, summer. like when he dribbled out that shot clock to end the game. Yeah. yeah. That was huh. the, that's when it happened. So I can send you a clip of it. Um, I'll try I'll to, to check get, that I'll try out. To put the clip up too on the uh, Twitter page for people listening to I check think, it out. I think those guys might have been the same draft year, so they were probably on like some select teams because Pritchard was a big, uh, you know, he was making a lot of All Star teams coming up. Dennis Smith was obviously, you know, in the mix for the number one pick. So there could that could be a little more to that rivalry that I'm I'm not too familiar with. I'd have to go back and look, but uh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they've talked some shit before. Yeah, yeah. So that that was just a kind of interesting thing. That that's kind of the only thing I just had from last game. I didn't know if you had seen that, but I'll make sure I put that clip on the at Chuddy's like Corner <laughs> Twitter page so everyone can find that. I like it. Um, but yeah, that's uh that's it again. Celtics win one seventeen to ninety four. They move to seven and two on the season. Um, so pretty good start for the seas right now. Um, we can switch it, pop over to our around the league talk. Uh, quiet game, quiet night overall. Not a whole lot of games, but what do you have for us uh, around the league tonight, Chud? Yeah, well, around the league, first of all, we promised a G League update. Last night oh. was the first night. Looking Around back, the G had, League. Around the G League to start. So our boy Jordan Walsh had 18, 8, 5, 2 blocks and 2 steals. Shot 4 of 9 on 3s. Looked really good, really comfortable. I mean, at, at what point do we give him a shot if we're really not getting anything out of any of those wings beyond Hauser? Like, you know, again, great to see him get minutes, get reps. But, again, if he can shoot 3s, like... Let's give this guy a chance. Uh, J.D. Davison also at 28-6-9. So if the Pritchard thing does go completely off the rails, maybe Davison gets a shot at some point. But uh, either way, good to see those guys playing minutes and playing well. 
then on non-Celtics related stuff, uh, I thought one cool thing we didn't talk about in the in-season tournament that was I was kind of noticing during and after our pod the other night with the Celtics uh, was that the group play tiebreak, much like in these soccer competitions, the tiebreak is point differential. So you've got these guys like at the end of the game firing up threes in situations where they normally expire the shot clock. And uh, it was like a little testy, like Embiid. We didn't do that last night. No, we probably should have. But Embiid, like the Sixers were up eight and they they thought he was going to dribble it out. And he like sprinted up the court and (laughs) took a three right with the buzzer. And the other team was like mad at him. And he was like, it did. It did go in, but it was just after the buzzer. And it was funny too, because the spread was eight and a half. So I think people at the time were like, oh, Jesus, did he take the spread? Like, what's he doing? And then the other team (laughs) was mad at him. Like, you're showing us up. And he's just like, no, like, I'm just trying to get us points for like the time break. So, and I guess then I saw highlights of another game later where like the same thing happened. So you've got these teams up the game over and it's just funny because you just never see that in the NBA so yeah. it's kind of funny to see these teams actually going for any point I mean I'd be surprised probably half the players don't even know the rule and be if you know anything about him obviously international growing up uh, overseas is a massive soccer fan so I'm sure he is much more familiar <laughs> with all this stuff than others but just thought that was a hilarious moment and something you almost never see in, in the NBA so uh, cool that'll cool be fun to keep twist. an eye on yeah it was a cool little twist another thing from a few days ago that I, I think it happened on Thursday, but I had to point it out. I don't know if you saw this, but the Hawks official Twitter tweeting out uh, a 30 second ad for like an OnlyFans type video, but it was called Only Hawks Fans. And it was basically like a sensual <laughs> video of moving in a bed. And then it was just Harry the Hawk, their mascot, like making weird poses. So uh, there was some. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add that to the things I got to tweet out on the, uh, some, the, yeah. the, the Chuddy page at some... Chuddy's Corner on Twitter. Some very humorous reactions. I think even a few of the players were saying like they didn't know why the team did that and they weren't happy about it. So that they was just, happy about it. No, I I don't know why. I thought it was kind of funny, but I guess Jesus, some people didn't like it. Stiffs. Yeah, uh, I thought so. And then on keeping it in NBA Twitter, I don't know if you've seen this, uh, the Timberwolves Brazil account. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know yeah. what I'm looking at, but I can't look away. Um, some fascinating stuff. They've had a few I don't know good if I ones. Can. I don't know if I should share that. We have some kids that watch. This it one might be not safe for work, but at the same time, I don't even know if it is. I can't even tell what I'm watching, really. So uh, wasn't just... one of them like a wolf, just like deep throating like another animal? Yes. Jesus uh, Christ! And then the one tonight, I don't even know what it was, but again, just interesting stuff happening out there on the World Wide Web. <laughs> can't something. beat it. Something to take note of. Yes. Um, then another interesting thing, we we were kind of making fun of some of the mainstream media members last night. I hate Ooh, to harp too got? bad on our boy Perk because he was obviously a, uh, a solid Celtic guy for a while, but just an absolutely bizarre and uncomfortable scene for everybody involved last night. If you saw in the was, studio, he I was think describing what Luca does to the Clippers, and he took <laughs> off his belt, stood up and started whipping the chair and uh, talking to the chair. And if, uh, if you caught, like, Windhorse's facial expression, like, the other people on the set just awkwardly kind of, like, looking at each other uh, as Perk really got into the role was... Uh, All right, so it was Perk, uh, another one. Perk tweet, got to get that out, <laughs> yeah. too. Um, that was something. And then uh, Taylor Jenkins, the Memphis coach, I don't know if you saw his presser, but he uh, leaned all the way into a fine and said, uh, the refs are fucking atrocious. He said, print it right in behind me. The coach coach? of the Grizzlies. Oh, that's awesome. Taylor Jenkins, great coach. Uh, Yeah, he had Jaron Jackson got ejected on a brutal call, and then Smart got uh, tossed on his sixth foul. It was another really tough call. There were a few more, but it was just a 
the type of aggressive press conference you don't always hear from, oh, from that's coaches. Awesome. Some, I do some love solid that. language in there was good. Um the other thing on last night, I know you and I at least, and probably most Celtics fans are not very big fans of either KD or LeBron, but it is pretty cool to see them playing uh each other still at such a high level this late into their careers. I think there was a stat went up that it was like second all time most combined points between between two guys playing against each other and like yeah clearly still the best player on each of their teams. So as much as I hate them on the court, uh hard not to respect it i mean especially what lebron's doing at this age is pretty much unprecedented it's getting into like brady in the nfl territory where guys at his age basically yeah. don't play and he's still like at an all-star level it's just just insane um uh real quick on that game did uh devin booker play in that game no booker i don't know why you didn't bring that one up but we did get bradley beal so i you know what i did have <laughs> notes to bring that up last oh we did get bradley beal i did have notes to bring that up because i looked back into it so after his like thirty point like sick game that he had like a week or two ago, Ooh. he was out the next day with like a left ankle injury, and then now he's out with a right Hamstring. right calf. I think it's calf. Oh, calf, maybe calf, calf yeah. strain. Yeah. So, so that's so a little I sketchy. It's, I think it left started ankle, as load right management. Calf. I think it started as load management with the ankles, just what they put, and then I think he really got hurt. <laughs> Seemingly, we may never know. <laughs> I don't know either, but uh, they're hemorrhaging wins and they're putting a lot of early miles on KD, so <laughs> something may have to give. That's I do okay. feel bad. They did not like, win that game. I feel like KD is the guy who just and again, like I, I use, I use, I've, I, I kind of have mixed mixed feelings about Durant, but I do I, feel like a lot of times when, um, like he just ends up always being the guy that has to like carry the load when he goes to these teams with yes. stars. Like when he went to the Nets. It just became yeah. an absolute disaster, and he was the one who ended up having to always play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now he's in Phoenix, and it's like these these guys are taking all this time off, and he's the one <laughs> to kind of put on all the miles. So, like, you know, yeah. I, I don't really know. I have mixed emotions with the guy because the fact that he's still out there and still playing hard, it's kind of hard not to respect that. Exactly. Um, sounds it's like you, him... you said you hate him on the court, but I don't know. I wouldn't I, say I hate think him. He's... I've been rooting against the teams he's on generally, not like him personally. Like I've always liked yeah. him, but I was obviously wasn't rooting for the Warriors when he went there. I wasn't rooting right. for the Nets when he went there. I'm not rooting for the Suns now, but it's never been him. Like I've always liked him personally, respected yeah, his he game. Just always he just always ends up carrying the bag. Manager. The, yeah. yeah, yeah. He always wants to go out there and play. He never wants to low manage. But at the end of the day, it's hard to feel too bad because he's the one who's created these situations. So if you're Very gonna. True. You know, if you're going to make your bed with Kyrie and James Harden, like, you kind of have to... That one, he should have definitely seen that coming, yeah. Right, and then he, I mean, he basically created this situation, too, asking them to specifically trade him to Phoenix and wanted... I would have told him, he would not, he would have known if he talked to me before that what he was walking into, because I would have told him. (laughs) I would have said, they got this guy, Devin Booker, he's going to miss a lot Uh, of games, and he can't get a double team without crying. Well, yeah, and I mean, I think at some point we'll see this team healthy, and hope it, I would imagine it'll look a little different, but again, at a certain point, like, you'd think you would want them to play some together in the regular season, all get used to each other, uh, you know, and not have, like, a terrible seed once it is time, assuming you make the playoffs, like, I don't know, there's a lot going on, they're currently yeah. four and five, so again, Oof. they're gonna, this, you saw this with the Lakers last year, started slowly, and then by the time they came on, they had to work so hard just to make the playoffs that they kind of ran out of gas, so um, that's what happened, this top-heavy Suns team, like, you got three guys, and if you're putting all these miles on the oldest one, you know, <laughs> knock on wood, I don't want him to get injured, but we've seen Durant's body break down a few times, and I just don't, I don't think this is something that is sustainable, Yeah. So. 
All right, what else? You got? I, I didn't mean to take us off off topic there, but I <laughs> no, did forget to bring good, that up yesterday. Good digression. Um, no, that was pretty much it from the league. The last couple nights, cleaned up all the loose ends. The only thing, the thing tonight, the Bucks got smoked, smoked. Yet again. No Lillard tonight. Lillard sat out, but still uh, a one twelve ninety seven wire to wire loss to the Magic. That could have been worse. I don't know what's more concerning, the offense or the defense. Um, I think they're just really, you know, Griffin has kind of changed their whole scheme around from what bud had was really just like a well-oiled machine for better or worse that had its flaws that everyone hated griffin is really trying to rock the boat and uh so far the team does not seem to be responding super well to it they have like the they're like 29th in the league in rebounding uh their defense. i saw they're that really they were like top five the last like few yeah, years too. things that they just i just saw never do uh are being done so again it takes a lot of guys and teams and new spots a while to figure out. Crazy to be pressing the panic button when there's that much talent there, but it is just interesting how people kind of assumed it would be so seamless and not really realizing how many moving parts there are. And you know, the really the only thing stable from last year is Giannis, and yes, yeah. and things have changed for him too. So we're gonna keep monitoring that all season. Again, no Lillard, so it is what it is. And uh, you know, I think that Magic team is pretty good, so not like a bad loss, but. Uh, <coughs> Still, it's we might have to recalculate the uh, the way we think about the Eastern Conference, and at what point do we think Philly is more of a threat than Milwaukee? I don't I'm know. I'm at that point now. I was at that point when they made the trade. I didn't. I Lillard is obviously a great like he's got all these great highlights and stuff. I just didn't. I just thought they gave what they gave up, what they lost to get him. I don't know. I don't think that he can like fill that void. So for me, I'm already at that point. I think that Philly, we talked about it, is are they're like a more real team now. They don't have a lot of dysfunction. Maxi is like an unreal player. Like he, mm-hmm. he's like a lot better than I would have thought even going into this year. So um, yeah, he's so legit. I'd say I'm already there with Philly. We got him this yeah. Wednesday too. So yeah, no, I just yeah, I don't want to overreact too much. Like I said, and I think it will take the Bucks a while. New coach, new star player. Like <clears throat> obviously, obviously, you know, we've seen teams take. 10 20 30 half a season to figure it out um definitely not writing them off and you know if they look amazing by the end of the season i won't be shocked but i definitely uh think it's fair to to be a skeptic at this point all right uh real quick we got the knicks coming in on monday coming into town uh they played a pretty close game against us last or first game of the season and mm-hmm. uh they usually play as close at least as the last couple of years you got any quick uh just a quick thought on that game yeah, just another team that's usually not very fun to play. They always, like, they make us work. They've got big guys. Mitchell Robinson's huge. Your buddy Hartenstein, I know, is a, a favorite of the podcast. So it's 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 always a challenge. You know they're not going to... Fartenstein. How did I not think of Fartenstein? Oh, <laughs> uh, it was right there. Huge missed up. <laughs> but, yeah, they're a good team. They've been struggling a little bit, too, although they had a couple nice wins recently and figured it out a little bit. You know they're going to show up. You know they're going to play us hard, so... Again, this would be another game where you'd like to see us rise to the occasion. Uh, we're at home, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we've been unbeaten, obviously, in our building. It'd be nice to kind of restore a sense of home court advantage uh, that we've, you know, we have. But it feels like it could be better for how passionate our fan base is. I saw, saw someone tweet out, uh, why don't we have, like, one of those giveaways for when the other team misses two free throws? And Great like, call. Why not? It can't hurt. I have no idea. <laughs> Get some, I, I, uh, I think the same thing. That it, the way the crowd gets going when the guy misses the first free throw. Yeah, um, it can't hurt. Yeah, I don't really know, like what <laughs> uh, what would be something that's like specifically like Boston related for that. But I want to think yeah. of something. I'm sure we can figure it out. Um, free free cannoli from Mike Space the North free. End. Yeah, something. No free no free ads. <laughs> no, no. Um, from the the place in the North End. I won't. Yeah. <laughs> 
whatever it is. But uh, no, uh, I mean, I know the Knicks are gonna play as hard. Those are grind out games that seem to always go down to the wire. So it would be nice to to play well and to not kind of let them off the hook with their bullshit, as it seems like we have been almost every time we played them the last few years, including opening night where we were winning most yeah. of the night, but then kind of dropped one away. One hundred four is the opening night one. Yeah, opening night final. Them, we were up almost the entire game. Let them actually take a six point lead, and we had to go kind of win the game again in yeah. um, the last few minutes. So I'd like to kind of start better and be consistent and put them away a little earlier. All right. All right, cool. So we'll Good see stuff. you guys again on uh, Monday as the Celtics take on the Knicks. Once again, it's a 117-94 final score. Celtics uh, win the game, move on to 7-2 and two on the season. Uh, that's another episode of Chuddy's Corner. As always, we'd like to thank our sponsor, NickPereno.com. Nick Pereno, all your real estate needs. If you're looking to buy a house, sell a house, give Nick a call. He will get it done. Both the houses that this podcast are recorded from are in Nick Pereno uh, listings or however real real estate works. Did he, he didn't list the house. He got us the houses. So. Yeah. Other way around. But Either way. House to list, but if I were, but if I were to sell it, I know he would get it done. So, um, yeah, nickfreno.com. Yeah. That's our realtor. Chuddy, as always, it's been a pleasure. Celtics moved to 7-2. and two. I will see you guys all on Monday. Have a good night. Peace out, Chuddy Heads. All right, folks, breaking news. We're firing back up the pod. We just wrapped up about two minutes ago, but there is some breaking news uh, to add to our around the league. Uh, it's about 10.30 on the East Coast. Uh, go ahead, Chud. What is the breaking news from around the league? Yeah, so just as we were wrapping, we got a tweet for a bit of a Woj bomb dropping and an unusual one at that, that uh, Kelly Oubre of the Sixers was walking near where he lives and was struck by a motor vehicle. He's in the hospital in stable condition. The team is there. They're already saying they expect him to miss significant time with these injuries. Uh, crazy story. Obviously sad. Obviously, first thoughts are just for Kelly Oubre. You never want to see anyone get hurt. Um, you especially yeah. don't want to see them getting struck by a car while they're walking around. Um we saw firsthand how good Ubre has been for the Sixers this year. He's really been a fresh air, breath of fresh air for them, scoring over twenty points a game and providing yeah. some much needed scoring. We were for just that saying team. how Philly, I think, is like the team to beat in the East now. So yeah, so I mean, again, hard to react too much without knowing any more specifics than this. But again, um, Woj tweeting that he's in stable condition, receiving treatment at a local hospital. That represented from the team, including Daryl Morey, are there with him. He's expected to miss significant time due to his injuries, but those aren't considered to be season-ending. So, hard to know exactly what that'll mean, but obviously it sounds like, you know, he's not not life-threatening or anything. But no matter what, you get hit by a car and you're in the hospital is scary for yeah. anyone uh, to happen to an NBA player. Just obviously some completely fluky, scary thing. We don't know more details about the driver, how fast they were going, where he was walking, really anything more than... I just said for now, again, this is all kind of happening in real time as we're potting here. So, uh, again, a story for now that's much bigger than basketball, but will certainly affect the number one seed in the East. And right now, perhaps the Celtics' biggest rival, as they'll be without a guy who's been really one of their key players. We just talked about Embiid and Maxi, how well they're playing. And after them, it's really been Ubre's kind of been the third guy, along with Tobias Harris. But Ubre's putting up a ton of shots, is making a ton of shots, scoring really efficiently, challenging on defense, bringing them some energy. So, like I said, he's been an awesome addition for the Sixers this year, and um, hopefully, you know, as just a human being and an NBA fan, he can get back out there quickly. Um, but, I mean, in the meantime, you'd have to think this will likely hurt the team. It's, again, probably too early to speculate 
not without knowing the details and how long he actually will be out. If this is something that will force the Sixers hand where they need to make another move for more depth or something, we'll, you know, next time we're back on Monday, we'll probably know more and be able yeah. to get more into that. But just wanted to, um, you know, come to you and break this big story that you'll probably be waking up to tomorrow as you're listening to the pod. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, again, just hope everything ends up all right with the guy. You want to be Philly, but you don't want to be him like that. So <laughs> no. hopefully he's uh, healthy. And hopefully this wasn't a Celtic there. pride situation. Uh, if any yes. Celtic fan was behind the wheel, we definitely do not condone or advocate for this kind of yes, behavior. Yes, 100% exactly. If you, uh, if you are a Celtics fan or a chuddling, um, do not, under any circumstances, take those types of matters into your own hands. Um, hopefully everything's all right with uh, Kelly Oubre. Uh, like I said, we'll get more info, but we just want to break that story for everybody. Again, it's around 1030 on the East Coast. That'll do it for the, this episode of Chuddy's Corner. Uh, everyone, have a good night. Chuddy, I'll see you again Monday, barring any other breaking news once we end up, <laughs> once we finish recording. Stay safe. Have a good there. one, folks.